0: Welcome to the Monday Morning Pastor Podcast. Uh, this is Doug Moister. I'm flying solo for this interview and for this intro. Uh, had a great opportunity to sit down and to talk with Jay Kim about his uh, newest offering that he sent to the world around the Book of Colossians. It's a 40 day journey, um, and it's fantastic. But beyond that, it's just always good to have Jay on the show. This is a, I believe it's his third time with us. And I just really appreciate the ministry that he has and the way he continues to think through what it is to equip the saints. So pastors, we hope that this is one of those uh, Monday Morning Pastors that is encouraging to you. Uh, We hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy this interview. Thanks for joining us today here at the Monday Morning Pastor. Uh, dude, this is your third time. I think you actually win some kind of a prize. I don't know if we'll send you a gold microphone or a t-shirt. Oh I know Bob, Bob just put out this really sweet new logo that we're using. So hat. I don't know, like, you'll, you know, you'll just have to figure out what it is that you want. But thanks again for connecting with us. And I know I've been looking forward to this conversation because you're always just a joy to be around. But yeah, I want to start like, how are you doing?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on again. It's really good to reconnect with you, Doug. And um, yeah, I am honored to be a three-time, you know that sounds nice three times like the it does you know the the chicago bulls in the 90s <laughs> the three p three time nba champions you know sure, they you did can. it twice so um yeah it's a joy uh, i'm not the chicago bulls by the way that's a whole different you know no,
0: i think you're close though man you're close
1: <laughs> i'm more i'm more like the 90s knicks you know just uh always falling short a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for asking how I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a it's been a really um, interesting season of life and ministry. Uh, yeah. Jenny, my wife, um, is a, is she's a high school teacher. So um, summer has been wonderful. You know, summer was great. And it's always great just because one of the beautiful sort of perks of being a public school teacher is, uh, yeah, you get these three months off. It's about two, two months now these Mm -hmm. days, but, um, so it's always a wonderful time for our family. So yeah, we had a wonderful summer together as a family and I feel, you know, to a certain extent rested and rejuvenated, although, um, serving and leading a local church, you know, it's one of those, one of the challenges is, is having the discipline to sort of turn it off and not think, about it when you're taking a little break. You know, yep. um, it's always sort of, it's more than a job, obviously. So it's always kind of lingering there. But but even that has been a good thing. Our church has, um, we've been in a season of transition, sort of a leadership transition in a really beautiful way. And uh, it's been really fun just kind of learning and moving with God as he leads. So yeah, yeah. thank you for asking, I'm doing well.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really good, Jay. I, I also am married to a middle school teacher. So I, mm. I agree like summer, uh, does the kids say summer mom is on vacation mode <laughs> and she's super cool and
1: just super yeah, fun. That's but, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What, what are, I mean, it sounds like the, this leadership transition is really good. It, it, I mean, what are you celebrating at the moment? What's something that the Kim family is just excited about?
1: Oh gosh, so much. Yeah, I mean as a person on a personal level with our family, you know, we've got an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old and it's just really fun watching our kids become such great friends with each other. And you know, they're at that age where they're taking these big giant leaps mentally and emotionally, so it's really fun to be able to interact with them in ways that uh are just, you know, it feels like I'm talking to a normal, you know, <laughs> human being, you know, I'm having these like long sort of somewhat elaborate conversations with them and stuff and they're talking about their feelings and what they're thinking. It's really fun. Uh and and um yeah, so family has been a tremendous blessing uh always, but especially in recent months. Um not not without our challenges, of course, but yeah, it's we're we're just celebrating the health of our family. Um and then at church, yeah, we're just watching God do some amazing things here, you know. It really does feel like we're finally putting uh, the strange season that was you know the pandemic and and all that came with that a bit in the rear view mirror um some internal language we're using at our church at a staff level at least is that we are a new church in a new city uh meaning that you know where i live and serve kind of right in the heart of silicon valley um the south bay area of california uh there's been a mass exodus, you know, in recent years. Uh in for the last since the pandemic, we've always every year we are always in the top five nationally in terms of how many people are leaving our city. Um, so that's been, you know, that comes with a lot of challenges and it comes with a lot of pain on a personal level. Just um, you know, just this week, uh I had to say goodbye to a dear family um uh, who was in our small group at our church and We've done life with them for many years. I've known them personally for over a decade, and uh, they're moving to Austin, Texas this week. So that's almost like a monthly occurrence where we're having to, you know, mourn the loss of another, you know, close friend cool. or close family. But at the same time, it's sort of given our church, um, you know, a, a a sort of renewed energy and a renewed sense of of mission. And what yeah. God might want to do in and through us first in terms of just forming us uh, as his people, but two, um, how, you know, how he might want to move in and through us in order to reach uh, a new city. You know, it's not just that we're losing a lot of people. There are still a lot of people moving in, you know, so every single week at our church, I'm meeting literally every week. That's not hyperbole. On a weekly basis. I meet people and families who are brand new, not just to our church, but to our area. Wow. And that's really exciting. You know, how, yeah. how do we steward that well? How do we cultivate spaces of belonging for those who um, have nowhere to belong, you know, because yeah. they're brand new? And so it's exciting. Yeah, it's it's an, it feels like the early chapters of uh, a sort of new story God's writing
0: love i I love that Jay, because I think you articu- you articulated very well probably that tension that many of us are feeling in this season where it does feel like we've lost a certain part of who we are um mm. and you know certain a, a certain identity within our town or within our cities and and even just you know saying goodbye to people I mean we said goodbye to two families this summer, and that was just is hard you know it's mm. But to see the new people coming in and the new life, it's it's such this unique space that I think many of our listeners are in right now. And that's something that I appreciate about you, Jay, is like you, you not only come to um, this conversation as somebody who is a, a local pastor, who's doing the work, who's meeting with families, who's sermon prepping and doing all these different you know, active parts of ministry, but you also think on bigger scale uh and you know you've you've written some fantastic books like uh, i i still i I was hanging out with my sister-in-law just a couple couple days ago and she was i was saying yeah i've got this interview with jay kim and she goes oh he's the analog christian guy like yeah (laughs) so it's interesting how like even out here i've just appreciated that you have such a really cool focus and such a unique calling in ministry to be local and also global at the same time And so i just i Mm -hmm. appreciate that and you know, we're gonna jump into you recently released a 40-day study guide and streaming video called Colossians One Jesus, One People. And so what's the story behind this?
1: Yeah, I mean the story behind it was that um I've always loved Paul's letter to the Colossians, uh, you know, the Christians in first century um Colossae and uh the 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 story, like the basic story is we taught through the book of Colossians over the course of, I think, three months. So we took it really slow, slow and steady, and uh, taught through the book uh, with our church. And it seemed to really um, have some very strong sort of resonance at uh, some cultural intersections of, you know, some struggles and challenges we face as Christians today in a very pluralistic um Individualistic, sort of autonomous culture, uh where you know we are so tempted to make ourselves the center of the universe, and um, Paul has very, very strong things to say about that in this letter. So we taught the series at our church and um and it felt like, man, you know what Paul has to say here, I think is is critically important, not just for our church but for so many of us, sort of you know, navigating the treacherous waters of our hyper individualistic, you know, culture and and moment in time. So um yeah, that's kind of where it came from from our local church and feeling like there was real resonance there, like like there was there were some truths in this letter that could be helpful to folks. Um so uh yeah so we created the the video series and and the study guide. So that maybe other folks, you know, around the country could gather up in smaller groups and um, receive some of the content. And then really, most importantly, sort of explore the ideas together in community and ask God by his spirit to form us, you know, into a into a Jesus people, a unified Jesus people who orbit our lives around Christ as the center of it all.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think trying to talk about something as as. Simp- as atta- so deeply attached to the gospel, like unity, um, mm. is not an easy thing. And when I think about Colossians, there's, it's such a theologically rich and profound book. What yeah. would you say are some unique insights that you bring out to pastors in their congregation within the study?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to read Colossians and not be confronted by the centrality of Jesus. So over and over again, I mean, throughout the letter, you know, um, Paul talks about Jesus being the image of the invisible God, you know, about being the firstborn over all creation. We don't, that word doesn't really mean a whole lot to us today, but culturally speaking, in the first century Jewish world, being the firstborn essentially makes you the head of the family, you know, the one to lead the way. Um, Paul talks about Jesus being the one in whom everything was created. Jesus was before all things and that he himself holds everything together. He's the head of the church and, you know, so on and on and on. And um, I think when instead of reading, you know, verses in Colossians in these sort of bite sized bits and pieces, when we read the entire letter and really allow the work to do its work in us. It is very confrontational. It's easy to say the words, you know, that, oh yeah, everything holds together in Jesus, or he is, you know, the beginning and the firstborn, and God's fullness dwells in him. And, you know, it's easy to say the words, but when you really think about it, if Jesus is the center, if Jesus is the one who holds all things together, you know, if he is sort of the great sun in the galaxy of human experience, around which everything else orbits, well, by nature, what that means is no one and nothing else can be the center, including myself. And to me, on a personal level, that was the most challenging and most convicting and ultimately the most um, inspiring and helpful truth that I received from this incredible letter called Colossians, that I am not the center of the universe, that life is not meant to orbit around me and my preferences, and my desires, and proclivities, and comforts, and conveniences. And while that sounds really disruptive in some ways, you know, like I, I would I would quite like life to orbit around me, uh, when I really think about it, um, there's a tremendous hope in that truth, that I am not the center, therefore, uh, you know, I'm not, not only am I not Um, responsible. I'm not really in control, you know. God is in Mm. control. So the best way to live and and live life, uh, and and experience life and life to the full, as Jesus promises in John 10, is to surrender myself to the centrality of Jesus. Is to surrender myself to the uh, undeniable truth that Jesus is at the center of it all. You know, Paul writes in Colossians 2 actually, that Jesus is the one who who holds reality, you know, mm. and uh, in some ways, I think a part of what that means is that when we live with a sort of self-centric or self-centered perspective on life, we're not living in reality, you know, and mm. um, reality is the only place in which to actually live. So it's about bringing our lives in alignment with reality. And that reality is that Jesus is at the center of it all. And um, and that he loves us and he's for us and we can find uh, incredible peace and comfort and confidence in, in knowing that. Yeah.
0: Thank you for that. That feels so uh important and pointed because I think that's what's the challenge for many of us pastors, right? We we, we face that challenge of how do we bring this ancient text to our contemporary context and culture. And I appreciate how you're you're really pushing on this line of like our self-centeredness really is this is such a, it's such part of the air that we breathe. Right. And so in that, like, what are some other things that you've noticed uh, all pushing at that really is hitting lines within our culture?
1: Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a really strong call toward um, unity and oneness and, uh, it's one of the reasons why the curriculum, the video content is called, you know, One Jesus, One People. Uh, and they're connected, you know. One of the reasons why it's so hard to see Jesus at, as the center of it all is because, again, we are very individualistic. We value our autonomy. Um, most people would not say it this way, but when you take a look around culture, we really bow down at the altar of self, you know, self worship. I mean, you just think about in the last thirty years, far and away, the best-selling books are all in, almost all in the category of self-help books. You know, we we've sort of come to believe that if we can better ourselves, that will solve every problem, every issue. And there's nothing wrong with bettering ourselves. I believe in that. We should work hard to be the best version of ourselves as we possibly can be. But, um, so because we live in such an individualistic autonomous self-centric self-centered sort of self-serving culture it is very difficult to then simultaneously move toward unity everybody wants unity uh we we want um you know oneness we want you know peace love and harmony as culture might put it but the reality is when you dig beneath the surface culturally, I think what most people really want is um uh not true unity but conformity and conformity to the self. Mm-hmm. so we create we're not a unified people, we're a tribalistic people, mm-hmm. and we we sort of fool ourselves into thinking that we are unified, we have some sort of sense of unity uh within the tribe, and that that is True unity, but it's not. You know, tribes by nature are not driven by the pursuit of oneness and commonality through love and sacrifice and compromise. Tribes are designed to serve the sort of um, animalistic survival mechanisms within us. You know, we gravitate toward tribes primarily because we believe that within the tribe, we can find our best chance of survival, you know, yes. for the autonomous individual self to survive and to thrive. So the tribe is almost a, uh, it's a, it's a sort of, you know, compromise. Um, I need the tribe so that I, as an individual can thrive and, you know, so on. And, you know, that is our culture today. We're all yeah. broken up into tribes, but I think one of the really profound truths from uh, Colossians um, is that, you know, Jesus is not interested in cultural tribalism. Mm. He's interested in very unlikely people becoming one people uh, under the banner of Christ. You know, Paul writes um, near the end of the letter, or maybe a little over halfway in the letter, in chapter three, he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And what's really interesting is the concept of peace in our culture today. We think of peace much more along the lines of like peace and quiet. Yeah. So we think that peace means um, sitting on the beach with, you know, on a hot summer day with a cold iced tea and yeah. a book in hand. And it's quiet and it's not noisy, it's tranquil. Yeah. That's peace, that's peaceful. Mm-hmm and uh in in some ways, I guess that's kind of true. It, it is peaceful, that's a very serene sort of environment. but peace biblically is much more relational. yeah peace is about um, living in right relationship with one another. It is by nature uh, a reality that pushes us, even uncomfortably so, toward the pursuit of unity, toward the pursuit of oneness, even at the cost of painfully tearing down walls that divide us through sacrifice, understanding, empathy, compromise, you know, and, uh, that's, that's what, what Jesus is after. You know, he, he talks about in the beautiful prayer that he prays for all believers before his, uh, his eventual, you know, arrest and crucifixion in in the gospel of John, he prays that, that, all believers would become one, just Mm -hmm. as he, Jesus the Son, is one with his Father, God the Father. And you think about how one they are, you know, Christians believe in a Trinitarian God, that there is one God, but that that one God exists as perpetual relationship, as God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit in perpetual relationship to one another. So it makes no mathematical sense, but Christians believe in a three-in-one God. And Jesus actually prays for us, all believers, that we would be one in that way, not just individuals who sort of have a connection to each other, but one just as God the Father and Jesus the Son are one. Um, and they're like literally, truly, even mysteriously one. Yes. And that's, that's at the heart of this letter as well, that we pursue that sort of oneness. Um, which is going to take a lifetime, you know, we'll never achieve it perfectly. But uh, but that is that is the calling um, is to pursue that sort of unity.
0: And and I think that that's that's such at the heart of of what my sense is. Many pastors are like, yes, how, like what's the roadmap of getting there? And I appreciate that. You know, like I appreciate that to recognize that there is mystery in this oneness too, right? And but yeah. there's also there are these very practical steps moving towards that. And I I just I have this belief that if if the church could, if if the local bodies can begin to pursue that. Pursue Jesus and in that finding the peace of Christ ruling in our lives. My sense is that that even in and of itself be, becomes such a witness to a world that longs for peace, right? Or that, or yeah. and it might even be a witness against the peace that we think we long for and even expose our tribalism and some of those different things. So, yeah, thank you for that, Jay. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, turn in the direction just a tad, but if the Apostle Paul. Let's just pretend he had access to our modern technology. Which social <laughs> media platform do you think he would use to share his letter? And how would you envision his tweets or posts about Colossians going?
1: Oh my goodness, man. Maybe Paul would jump on the TikTok. And uh, I don't have TikTok, so I'm not super <laughs> familiar. But I feel like Paul is able to, Colossians is not a super long letter. Right. Um, I but he it's so dense. He's got like these one-liners that hold so much truth in them. You could talk about them for days and weeks and months on end. But I feel like he'd do the TikTok thing and bust <laughs> out those lists, you know, with some yeah. quick background music. Maybe he'd do a dance and be sort of like five re- five reasons why you know we're not one <laughs> yeah. or something. I don't know, man. But I could I could see him doing some of that
0: that's good. Um, you know, it, I I appreciate how you talked earlier just about how even, you know, recognizing the centrality of Christ was really a way that you you were confronted, you know, it confronted you, it, it convicted you. Um yeah. how, how do you feel like you've been changed personally? Uh just s- studying Colossians, looking at Colossians and seeing it just take root in in your life.
1: Yeah. That's a great question. You know, honestly, for me, um there's this line in uh, chapter 2 uh he says uh Paul says just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him um and I think and I, I think that's the main takeaway for me there's so many but yes. for me you know I find myself ask, asking on a pretty regular basis is my life rooted in Jesus and is it being built up in Jesus you know you think about the visual of that it's a sort of in inward and outward expression of a life in Christ you know roots are uh, beneath the soil in places you cannot see yeah. but if the roots are not strong then the tree does not grow you know you can't you can't build something externally unless the roots internally um are continuing to deepen you know and strengthen so especially for for you know someone like me who's a pastor and um you know by nature of the work that i do i stand in front of people you know on most weeks and um present an idea or multiple ideas and really the most important ideas in the world ever you know the gospel the good news of jesus And, uh, yeah, I, I, I find myself asking all the time, I think it's a grace of God in my life, you know, is, is the thing I'm building externally that people can see and, uh, hopefully benefit from, uh, from time to time. Is it, is it being built on the foundation of deepening roots, you know, in the places and in the moments of my life that are not public that nobody else can see, you know, um, is it. Are the roots strong enough to bear the burden and the weight of the thing being built on the outside? Uh, So that's a constant sort of reminder for me. That's been helpful.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Thanks for that. And because I think sometimes we as pastors can forget that there is something that's such so sacred and that we enjoy in terms of presenting these (laughs) the greatest ideas. You know, having an opportunity to talk about this stuff, but to to experience it for ourselves. I just find that it's such a, such a beautiful grace from the Lord and just giving us Mm. those, those opportunities to be, yeah, to be close with him through that. Um, in in that, in that noticing of the roots are, are, have there been any new practices that have kind of come out in your life through that or, or just kind of, yeah, it's just been more of this awareness of, man, this is my, the root work that's happening in me.
1: Yeah. Practices are a big deal to me, you know? Mm. Um, Uh, David Brooks, the writer David Brooks, in his book, The Second Mountain, I'm going to butcher the quote, but he's got this wonderful line um, and it it basically is something along the lines of, you know, like once you have committed in love to another person, what love demands of you is that you um, put practices in place and structure and order your life in such a way that your lived life your lived reality um is is uh experienced in infidelity to the love that you that you you know have expressed to another person and to me i think those are what practices are about you know okay. it's easy for me to say well yeah god is everything and he matters most to me but un- until i structure my actual life in such a way that the way I spend my time and my energy and what I give my thoughts to that those things all uh, are in alignment with my sort of professed and proclaimed love of God and nothing really changes. So because of that, yeah, practices are a big deal for me. And um, so there are several things, none of them being super new. They're, they're things yep. I've practiced for a while, some longer than others, but um, just some simple examples. I, uh, the daily examine you know, yeah. which is a, a practice from sort of Ignatian spirituality and the Ignatian tradition. But it's a very simple sort of daily time with the Lord where you reflect on your day, but you reflect on the day with God and invite him to speak into um, both the processing of the day that's been and allow him, invite him to speak into the day that is to come. Yep. So that's been really helpful for me. You know, time in God's word every morning. Um, I I have a habit of just reading the uh in terms of devotional reading um every day just reading through the gospels I mean not all of the gospels every single day but um I just I spend time in the gospels constantly and I just read through them over the I course of a year several times and and then I'll spend some time in the psalms as well um and that's outside of just like my study you know that's actual lord speak to me through your word sort of time um so, yeah, I practice breath prayers. That's a pretty common yeah, practice man. for me. That's more recent for me, actually. It was out of necessity last year. I started wrestling with some anxiety uh, in ways that were very unique um, to at least my experience. I'd never had to, I've, you know, I've, I've wrestled with anxiety before, but never quite in the way that I did this past year. So, uh, so I started implementing breath prayers, and that's something that I still uh, practice multiple times a day. So um, there are some others, but those are, those are the ones that come to mind that are sort of the, the practices I lean on the most consistently these days.
0: Yeah. Jay, th- thanks for sharing those. I just appreciate that. I, 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 what I love about this particular podcast is we just get a chance to have that honest conversation about all these different things, right? Like how yeah. you're being shaped and formed and what practices are are just ones that are the staples that you have just stayed close to over the years. So I, I just appreciate that. Um, and yeah. man, I, I love that you're a nineties Knicks fan, a pastor <laughs> an author, uh, just an all around great guy to hang out with, I have just, uh, just a lightning round. So I've got nine questions. I might throw an extra one in for fun, but are you okay. ready for this? Cause I think it's going to be that you might find some sermons in this. And so that's fine. <laughs> like if it makes it there, okay. you don't have to give me credit for it. Um, yeah, awesome (laughs) but all right so early morning or late night sermon prep early morning all right coffee or tea coffee is bigfoot real yes yes (laughs) yes all right good okay here we go uh amazing grace or great is thy faithfulness amazing grace okay uh one thing that you wish everyone knew about being a pastor.
1: Oh, my gosh! That's a tough one, man. Um uh gosh, uh one thing I wish everyone knew about being a pastor we're We're all insecure. That's you know, good. more that's more good. insecure than you might think. yeah <laughs> that's
0: so good. uh, best way to unwind after a Sunday
1: Oh um well, specifically on Sunday uh if it's football season yeah just kind of falling asleep to the afternoon nfl game Mm. um if it's not football season then yeah whatever obscure sport is on tv (laughs) (laughs) falling asleep to it though not watching it super intensely
0: so the sport is just the vehicle to sleep i like that
1: yeah yeah Yeah. I, i like the white noise of uh football commentary on the background you know <laughs> it's, it's nice actually that's good
0: that's good uh one person in church history that you would love to spend an afternoon with dietrich bonhoeffer right on that's good yes yeah um one fad or trend that you would bring bring back from the 80s or 90s
1: um jinko jeans you guys remember okay. jinko jeans the big Pickle. old giant baggy? yeah those yeah. were, uh, you know, surprisingly comfortable, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, have you ever sang the song Friends Are Friends Forever?
1: I have. Yeah, okay. my, uh, mm. my junior year of high school, our youth pastor moved. Mm. He, went to, he took a job in Colorado. And I remember our youth group, during his goodbye celebration, I don't know who organized this, but we all sang Friends Are Friends Forever to him with uh, one of the youth leaders on the keyboard. And I I am I'm so grateful there's no video of that.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll try to find it or maybe we can, you know, have St. Paul on his TikTok channel figure something (laughs) out. But Jay, thanks so much for being with us, man. Would you mind leaving a benediction for our listeners?
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and I would be honored to do that. Yeah, as you um, go about your day and your life, whatever awaits you, uh, may you go in the courage and the confidence of knowing that Jesus is in control, and he is with you, and he is for you, and he will never leave you. And he has already written uh, the story And all we're called to do is faithfully live into that story. Um, And as we do, you know, watch as God unfolds uh, his his grace and his mercy and his love uh, in ways that we can't even possibly imagine. So may you go in that confidence in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Monday Morning Pastor Podcast. This podcast is produced by Joel Embound at AutoLim Productions. Uh, He is ready and available for any of your podcast video or creatively telling your story needs. Also, if you're looking to grow in your leadership, Kairos Partnerships offers several free resources to help you do that on a weekly basis. We encourage you to follow us at Kairos Partnerships on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our weekly newsletter that J.R. Briggs writes weekly called Five Things in Five Minutes. You can find the link in the show notes to subscribe. We highly recommend it. And lastly, if this podcast has added value to your ministry, we ask that you would leave us a review on whatever platform you are downloading us on, and we ask that you would share it with other pastors. We're really hoping to continue to create a community of pastors that care for one another. We'll see you next week.